Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Well, church, I am truly excited about this month. Next um, next month, I don't want us to look past the month that or the week that we're in, but next week is going to be our third week of Missions Emphasis Month. Last week, we were challenged that every single person needs the Bible. They need to hear from God. They need to know what God has to say for them. And I'm thankful that uh, we had such a great response last week. And I'm glad that you're here again this week. And next week is going to be a very busy week. Um, we've got a lot that we're going to try to pack in, um, but we are going to look at helping reach, meet the need of this the youth that's this generation, children in our generation through fostering and through adoption. And I've said these to you and I've repeated this on purpose because I want this just to, to get into your heart. If one out of every five Christian families in the state of Ohio would choose to foster a child, there'd be no children left that would need a foster parent in the state of Ohio. That's just one out of every five Christian families. It's 20% of the people in this room if they choose to do that. And next week, we're going to have several ministries here, uh, seven or eight different ministries, fostering um, uh, ministries and adoption, Christian adoption ministries, ways that you're going to be able to help. We're going to have resources here. We're also going to celebrate Foundation for Life is celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. Now, they aren't necessarily celebrating it themselves because when they started the Foundation for Life, they started it to go against Roe versus Wade. And they were hoping that they wouldn't have to have a 50-year anniversary. But unfortunately, in our country, they have had to have a 50th anniversary. But we're thankful for the influence and the impact that they have had in fighting for life, fighting for children, fighting for unborn babies. And we're thankful for that. And we're going to honor them. We're going to we're going to just appreciate them and honor them for their service. And so there'll be several people here from that ministry as well and many others. And I won't go through it all this week because we want to concentrate on these uh, addictions this week. But I want to encourage you to be here and be praying. I had a family, I talked to a family this week and they said, we have been praying that our church would be involved in fostering. And they said this, that's this coming week is a direct answer to our prayer. And don't you like it when God answers prayer? I know I do. And it just shows me that God listens and he cares and uh, he answered that prayer. And so I'm thankful for that. And we're going to, we're going to really look forward to next week, but this week I want to talk to you about um, strongholds, addictions. The Bible uses that word strongholds. I would say this to you. I know everyone in this room probably either deals with something or has a family member in their life that is dealing with a stronghold. I don't talk about this much. I don't like to talk about it much, but I know even in our own life, my, my brother-in-law, my, my wife's only sibling, her brother, died at the age of 32 because he was battling an addiction in his life. They found him dead in his home. He had overdosed. We don't say that much because it's hard to talk about. But this past week, as my son was being married and I looked off to the left here and I saw my wife and I saw my in-laws and I saw my, my brother-in-law's wife and his 11-year-old daughter. 
I knew that there was somebody missing. And there's somebody missing now in every single event, that major event that takes place in our family's life, there's somebody missing. I sat at the table with his daughter and his wife, and I didn't say this to them because I didn't want to discourage them. But as I sat there, I thought to myself, I am going to celebrate today this wonderful event of seeing one of my children married and all my children get to be a part of that. And I got to be a part of my son, his wedding and officiate that wedding. But her father is not going to be at her wedding because there was an addiction that overcame him. And this is something that my own family deals with so often. Every event that happens, every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, every birthday, every anniversary, there's always an empty seat because someone that we love battle an addiction. I know that addictions are real. I'd be foolish to think this, that in this room right now, there's no one that's battling an addiction. The reality is this, there's probably many in this room that are battling addictions, we sometimes just think of addiction like maybe today of uh, drugs or an alcohol, but there's strongholds that many of us are facing. And when we have these strongholds that we're battling with, it takes ground, it robs us of joy and it robs us of victory that we can have in Jesus Christ. Satan uses strongholds to war against God. When God created mankind, God created mankind to fellowship and to worship him. Do you realize this? When God created mankind, he wanted to spend time with you. He wanted you to spend time with him. But because of sin, Satan, Satan sought to put something between God and mankind. And he tempted Eve there in the, uh, the garden. Eve took, took part of that sin, that eating of that fruit, that tree. And it put a wedge between man and God. It put sin because God is a holy God and God is a righteous God, God cannot allow sin into his presence. So man was separated from God. But God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to give mankind salvation or to cause man to be reconciled back to God because Jesus Christ paid the sin debt that you and I have. And we're so thankful for that. But we still, even Christians battle with strongholds. And Satan uses things not only to battle war against God, but he also uses strongholds to war against God's church. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter four. If you would please, Ephesians chapter number four. These verses ought to cause us to really frighten us because we can give a place, the Bible says here, to Satan in our life. Look with me in verse number Number 27, the Bible says this, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Look with me in verse number 30, the Bible says this, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. These verses ought to frighten us to think that we could give place to the devil in our life or to think that we could grieve the Holy Spirit of God from working in our life. You see, Satan cannot take ground in your life that you do not give him because the Bible says this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
And the first thing I want us to start with tonight is not a defeated spirit where we're saying there is no victory, there is no hope, we just have to simply try to survive. I want to say to you this, the Bible tells us that there is victory and there is hope when it's found in Jesus Christ. And Chris is an example of that victory and hope that we can find in Jesus Christ. Dealing with strongholds is not a lost cause. It may seem like it. Satan may put that in our hearts to think it's hopeless, it's useless. Just look at the result. Look at what happens. This is a losing battle. But I want to submit to you this. It is not a losing battle when we face it through Christ's power. There's hope. And once you've given place, though, to, to Satan, he is going to seek every part of your life. Satan is not just interested. He is not just interested in a small area of your life. Satan wants full control. He wants to hold you captive. And so I want to look at three things here today. And let me start by saying this. The things that we're going to look at today, they're Bible. They're, they're there and they'll help us spiritually. But I want you to also consider this. There may be some some treatment, there may be some counseling, there may be some help that you really truly need to get serious about today and find. Just like Chris with the gap, that couple days, that 72 hours between someone realizing I need help and actually finding that help, we want to get you to the place where you're finding the help that's needed. And so if you're sitting here today and you're battling with an addiction, I want you to know there is help. But if you continue to do what you've always done, you're going to continue to be what you've always been. You've got to put changes in your life and you've got to seek the help that's offered to you. And so how do we defeat scripturally, biblically, spiritually? How do we defeat strongholds that are in our life? I want you to look with me in chapter number four of the book of Ephesians, the Bible again, he says, neither give place to the devil, don't give him a stronghold in your life and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God from working in your life. But I want you to see here in verse number 22, follow along with me if you would, please. The Bible says this, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. As I was studying for this week and, and just preparing my heart and my mind and the Lord had brought me to this chapter, I realized in this chapter, there are so many things in this chapter that help us in this area of addictions or strongholds in our life. And the Bible here says this in verse number two, that we need to put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, put off, do away with, put away with. And I want you to mark this down. We're going to quickly go through these things and then we'll just take the time that we have left to really dive into this. But I want you to, do, to understand this. If you want victory over strongholds, if you want to defeat those strongholds in your life, the first thing that you must do is you must repent. You must turn from it. There must be an understanding in your life that what you're doing is sin. What you're doing is against God and it is against God's law and you must have an attitude of repentance and turn from it. Put it away, be done with it. The second thing I want you to see here in verse number 27, the Bible tells us this, neither to give place to the devil. It also, would you just mark this down? Number two, there must be resistance to this. 
there must be resistance. And I understand that when there was, I used to say to my brother-in-law, he'd aggravate me so much. I remember when we were first married. How many of you remember when you were first married, you were like really poor? Was that like for anybody? How many of you, you say first married, I'm still poor today. I remember when we were first married. I mean, the poor people looked at Michelle and I and they felt bad for us. We, we were so poor, we, we had a piece of cardboard, but we couldn't afford a marker to write on it. So we just held a blank cardboard. We were so bored, poor. And we saved up money and Jacob was, was first born. I mean, it was his first Christmas there and, and he was just a few months old. He was born in October. It was his first Christmas. And I did everything I could, Chris, to save up money. And I saved up $200 and that $200 was for everything. That was, you know, I was thinking maybe 150 for my gift and I'd give Michelle 50 for her and Jacob. No, that was everything. That was gifts for her parents. That was gifts for her brother. It was gifts for Jacob. It was, every, it was everything. And I mean, there was nothing else. And I remember going to my in-law's house and on the way over to their house, I said to Michelle, I said, Michelle, this is all we have. Make sure you use it sparingly. This is it. There's nothing else. And she put it in her pocketbook. We went into her parents' house. We left that evening after eating dinner and, and um, spending some time with them. And we got into the car. We got home. Michelle went into her pocketbook and the money was gone. And I said, what do you mean the money's gone? I said, you, well, it must have fallen out in the car. I went in the car under the seat everywhere. It was nowhere to be found. And then I realized this. It was her brother. And I remember going to him and I was so angry, Chris. I was so angry at him. I said, do you, why would you do this to our family, to your nephew, to your sister, just so that you could get high? Just so you could just, just put it in your arm and, 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 and just make yourself feel good for a few moments. How could you treat your family that way? And I had several conversations like that with him over the years. And I'll never forget when he'd look at me with that stare and he'd say to me, I'm not doing this because I want to. Do, do you really think I want to be this person? We must come to the place where we repent and we also must understand that we must resist Satan. The third thing I want you to write this down, there must be renewal. There must be renewal. Number one, there's repentance. Number two, I see in this passage of scripture that there's resistance. And number three, there's renewal. Look with me in verse number 23 again. And be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind. Look with me in verse number 24, that you put on the new man. You put off, you repent of the sin. And then you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. There must be a renewal. You, you're never going to resist strongholds. You're never going to stop uh, grieving the spirit until you take these three steps, Christian. There must be repentance. There must be resistance. And there must be renewal. Let's look at repentance here today. In the time that we have, I want you to see again with me in verse number 27, the Bible says, let not 
him that, uh, or neither give place to the devil. And, and how, do we, how do we avoid that? Because somebody would say this, I, I don't want to, as I use this illustration, as my, my brother-in-law would say to me, do you really think that I, I want this? Is this what you think I'm wanting to do? There was a stronghold and addiction that he was just feeding in his life and it was hurting everybody around him. How do we resist this? How do we put away? How do we keep the devil from having a stronghold in our life? Look with me in verse number 25. The Bible says this, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. I want you to write this down someplace in your mind. In order for us to have victory over strongholds, we must resist Satan. We must repent and we must resist and we must put away lying. Your life must be based upon truth. You must base your life upon truth or you are giving a place for strongholds. There's so many, there's so many times that we simply resort to lying to try to cover up from something in our life. And maybe you're here today and you're lying about the situation you're in. Maybe you're lying to yourself saying, I can, I, I, I can handle this. Maybe you're lying to yourself saying, I'm not hurting anyone with this. Maybe you're lying to yourself saying, I'm going to stop this soon or, or I've got a plan just a, a little bit longer. Maybe you're lying to yourself and the Bible says this, that you must put away lying. If you want to repent, if you want to cause Satan not to have a stronghold in your life, you first must be honest. You've got to be honest. You know, God's kingdom is based upon truth. In John 14, 6, Jesus said that he is the truth. In John 17, 7, the Bible says the word is the truth. In John 5, 7, the Bible says the spirit is truth. And that means this, Christian, if we're going to get victory, we must be truthful. We must be truthful. You've got to put away lying. Every area of your life must be honest. Maybe today you're, you're struggling with a, a stronghold in your life. Stop covering up your stronghold with lies. And I would say this to you, some of you, maybe that you're dealing with strongholds in the lives of others, you must be honest with them as well. Covering it up, pretending it doesn't exist is not going to solve the issue, is not going to cause Satan to stop coming at you. We must combat him with truth. It's truth. If you're deceiving others with lies, today you need to repent and get this right in your life. If you think you've got your boss fooled and your family fooled and your loved ones fooled and your friends fooled, you need to come clean today with God and stop lying to yourself. Repent of that and make things right in your life. And so I see this, Bible says this, first of all, putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Look with me in verse number 26. The Bible also says this, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You know, these are things, as I read Ephesians chapter number four, and I got to the place where it says not to give place to the devil. 
not to, not to grieve the Holy Spirit, we then begin to read a list of things that we begin to do as ourselves. You know what it does? It causes us not to have victory when we begin to lie and also when we allow our anger to control us. Anger creates a climate for a stronghold. Do you get angry when you're confronted with your stronghold or you're exposed? Do you get angry because of things that have happened to you in your past? And if you're angry, you begin to justify the stronghold that you are now holding on to? Well, I deserve this because you know what happened by that wicked person in the past. And we begin to convince ourselves because of a spirit of anger that what we're doing is okay for a period of time. But what we don't understand is Satan is using that to get a victory and a stronghold in our life in his desires to never let you go. Satan does not come in to just to play with you for a moment. He wants total control. And when he gets total control, he wants total destruction as well. And anger can cause this. Sometimes anger causes this when we're confronted. Sometimes anger causes this when we think of the things that have hurt us in our life. And church, I want you to understand this, and I'm not minimizing this. There are people in this room that have true, sincere, deep wounds and hurt because someone has hurt you that never was supposed to. And Satan can use that hurt and that bitterness to cause you to get a stronghold in your life that he controls, not you. You might think that you're going to get control back in your life by getting into something so that you can have victory and have control over that situation that you had no control over. But all my friend is happening is Satan is controlling you now. You've not gained control. You've lost it just to a different person. Bitterness sets in and it causes anger. Hurt sets in and it causes anger. And anger gives you the excuse that you're looking for to hold on to your stronghold. And we must repent of that. The Bible says this, look with me in verse number 28, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Chris, as I was hearing your testimony today, I was thinking about this verse. Now, I was thinking of this verse because I knew I was gonna preach on it, but I was thinking of this verse. This is your testimony. Did you hear what he said? When I was in that place, I'd kick down doors. I'd do whatever I had to do. I'd steal to get that next fix that I need just to, to give my body that relief that it needed from that stronghold. It didn't matter whose it was. It was going to be taken because he had an addiction. You know what the Bible says here? Let him that steal, steal no more. I love to hear his resume of the jobs that he's had. That's biblical. His testimony is a direct biblical testimony of Ephesians chapter four. This is his life. This is what God has done. He's taken someone that would lie. He's taken someone that would steal. He's taken someone that was angry. And what does he do? He restores him. He renews him with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
that's the victory that can be had. And that's the victory that you can have today as well. God doesn't love Chris more than he loves you. He loves us all the same. He desires to help you. But he says this, steal no more. Let him that steals, steal no more. Many strongholds are fed through this stealing uh, um, of, of of those that are steeped in sin. Confess this sin, repent of this sin. You're giving a place for Satan to have a stronghold in your life and it must be confessed this morning. The Bible also says this, filthy communication. Look with me in verse number 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Look with me in chapter five, verse number four. Neither filthiness or foolish talking nor jesting, which are convenient, but rather giving of thanks. You know, I was, I was thinking as I was praying over this message and thinking about this, so often we think of strongholds, we think of drugs and we think of alcohol, you know, the real bad stuff. But the spirit of God convicted me. And you know what I think the other thing that we better consider here is? Our mouths. Now let me, let me get to pastoring or meddling, whichever one you want to call it this morning. <laughs> Some of you men on the way to church this morning, some of you men this week have used your mouth to demean and be cruel to your spouse and to your children. And it's a continual habitual thing in your life. And it's not building anyone up in its addiction that you have. And the Bible says, put it away. cussing and taking God's name in vain, it ought not be coming out of the mouth of a Christian. We're to be kind one to another. And that means those that are living in your home as well. It's not just kind when I come to church and put a good look on. And I know you say, pastor, you're really, you're, I'm just simply saying it's time Christians got rid of sin. It's time that we confessed it and got right with God. It's time that we start being in our homes, men, what God has called us to be. It's it's time that we start leading spiritually the way that God has placed us to lead and put away filthy communication and stop saying, well, I got it honestly. It's how I'm like my dad or my granddad. You know what? Listen to me. The Bible says, put off the old man, put on the new man. Just because your father or your grandfather cussed like a sailor doesn't mean you get to. If you're a saved child of God, you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. You have victory. And it's time we, as God's children, start living in victory today. Our tongue, filthy communication, we've got to confess it. Our language, our words, hurtful words. You may never, maybe maybe you would say this, I have never taken a, a dime of my family's money and gone out and, 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 and gotten drunk. I've never wasted a, a dime of my family's money on drugs. I've never come home. My children have never seen me in a drunken stupor. They've never seen me in this, a drunken rage, but they've heard you use your tongue to destroy the home. Well, listen to me, don't think that you're better because you've never come home drunk. Don't think you're better because you've never put a needle in your arm. It's still sin. 
And we've got to confess it and stop giving place to Satan in our homes, in our lives. Filthy communication. Let's use words that lift up. Let's use words that encourage. Let's use words that help. Some have addictions and it's with a filthy mouth. Maybe today that's an area that you need to get right with God. Look with me in verse number 31. Are you with me still? Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ for God's sake hath forgiven you. Christian bitterness is the area that we need to confess. Bitterness has a stronghold in so many people's lives. Someone has hurt you. You can't let go. Bitterness becomes Satan's playground in your life. And it gives an opportunity for a stronghold. I'm reminded of a story of an old couple. She had good eyes, but couldn't hear. He had good hearing, but couldn't see. And so it really helped them as they were driving. She'd drive and he would uh, listen for noises. They stopped. They were driving from Toledo to Cleveland. They stopped in Monroe to get gas. And as they stopped, the fellow walked up to him, noticed they were an elderly couple and said, hey, can I help you? And the fellow said, um, yes. And the lady, the wife said, what do you say? And the husband said, he wants to know if he can help us. And so he said to the fellow, he said, nice car. What kind is it? And he said, it's a Chrysler. And she said, what did he say? And she, he, the husband said to his wife, he said, nice car. And I told him it was a Chrysler. She said, okay. This fellow said to his wife, or t- said to the fellow, where are you heading? He said, Detroit. And the wife said, what did he say? And he said, he wanted to know where we're going. I told him Detroit. Okay. Where are you, where are you from? Toledo. And the lady said, the wife said, what did he say? And the husband said, he asked where we're from. I told him Toledo. And the fellow said to the man, I I used to know a woman in Toledo. She was the meanest, hardest, bitterest, coldest woman I have ever met in my life. And the wife said to the husband, what did he say? And the husband said, I think he knows your sister. (laughs) Bitter. Cold. Bitterness sets in. And it defines us and we're we're known by it. Oh, listen to me today. If there's bitterness there, you lose your joy. And so many Christians today have lost their joy because of a stronghold that's in their life. And we sing and we can't worship Jesus anymore. We look at society and we all we can do is complain. We look and all we see is darkness and pain and suffering. When all, oh, Christian, we ought to see that there's a generation that we can reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single child of God here today ought to have joy. 
because our joy is not in our circumstances. Our joy is in our Savior who sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. There is no reason at all why a Christian should not experience joy today. Do you have joy? Or is bitterness of a stronghold? Do you have victory today? Oh, listen to me. When Jesus Christ there on the cross, suspended between heaven and earth, and with those nail-pierced hands and those nail-pierced feet, as he, as he was nailed there to the cross and he cried out, it is finished. When he cried that out, he had victory. Satan was defeated in, in death. When he rose again from the grave, it was defeated. Christian, there is no reason you and I ought to be living a defeated life. We have a risen uh, Savior that has defeated Satan, that has defeated death, that has defeated hell. Find victory in him today and choose to rejoice. Choose to rejoice today. You're contaminating the lives of those all around you when you're bitter. When you open your mouth and everyone that you love, you fill them with your bitterness. Stop it. Confess it. Stop letting Satan have a stronghold because Satan's not just interested in getting a portion of you. He's not satisfied till he gets all of you. And it's just a step. These things left to fester in our life, they lead to strongholds. And strongholds many times are ways to cover up and deal with the things that we don't want to deal with in life. And so what do we do? We repent. Recognize your place in Jesus Christ. Seek help. Seek help that will restore you. I was with Chris and his family at a birthday party last weekend, I think it was, and they had their baby and his wife and him. And I said to my wife, I said, they just don't look like they go together, you know? But God put them together and gave them a child. Aren't you glad that God renews, that God restores? You know what the good news is here today? It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter what you're involved in. Christ can forgive you and renew and restore you. Chris is not a 20-year drug addict, homeless and out of jail person. He is a child of God. He is renewed in Christ. He is a husband and a father and a follower of Jesus Christ and a helper of those that are seeking help. You see, when you allow the spirit of God to renew you, you don't have to live in what you used to be. You are now what you are in Christ. Seek the help that will restore you. And number four, learn to forgive. Learn to forgive those that have hurt you. Learn to forgive. Seek forgiveness from Christ and learn to forgive. Stop holding on to the pain. And find a new life in Jesus Christ. 
You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.